Hey guys, this is Leticia. And I'm Raina. And, and welcome, welcome to Real Talk. Talk. So we're two young adults who are just trying to figure this thing called life out. So join us on this journey as we figure it out together. Hey guys, welcome to Real Talk. Hi guys. Hope you guys are having a good week. Hope you guys listened to our last podcast where we talked about dating and we had a male's perspective from it. So we hope y'all enjoyed that one. Um, We actually have some new guests with us today. So today we're going to be talking about marriage and dating expectations from a married couple. So we do have Brian and Nicole. Hey, guys. Hey. Are you guys excited to be on our podcast and to get to talk with us? I am. I'm really excited. I'm ready to answer some uh, tough questions. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I'm excited. All right, Raina, you want to get them started with our first question for them? Yeah. So the first question that we have for you guys is, how did you guys meet? I'll answer that. Um, so we both worked for the Washington Wizards a while ago. Um, was part of the fan patrol. They're like people that throw out the free t-shirts and stuff. <clears throat> um, and we met because we all kind of hung out with a group of people all together. And um, we used to all hang out together. And then very slowly, like, it became less and less. And then it was just us two hanging out together. <laughs> <laughs> so we met uh, working for the Wizards. And we... I did not have any um, relationship interest for a, for a while. Mm. <laughs> it took a minute, but I don't know. He kind of grew on me. <laughs> so, Brian, when you guys were getting closer, were you interested in her and you were already kind of trying to sneak uh, in there? Or how did that work? <laughs> well, when I first noticed her, I actually was like, oh, she's scary. <laughs> I saw her stand there tapping her foot, arms crossed, and I was like, oh, she seems like she's very angry. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. Uh, I'm going to stay over here. <laughs> um, but then, you know, like she said, we all started hanging out as a big group. It was like literally all of us, we would always hang out um, right after the games, just go chill, go watch a movie, bowling, just doing everything. And then little by little, um, it was actually one of our people in the group that was like kind of urging it like hey how do you feel about her and i was like i mean she's cool but like don't you think she's pretty and i was like yeah and then just like she said little by little just started building and building and then well here we are but that was one-sided because no one was nudging me mm. i don't know why she thought to nudge him but maybe she understood the importance of a male's role to make the first move we're gonna talk about that (laughs) yes we're gonna talk about that okay so from that who who pursued who so i know you guys said you did get (laughs) he pursued me first but that's because i was oblivious like i didn't even like i didn't even notice that he liked me and i've kind of always been that way (laughs) i'm still that way um but he was definitely um, slowly making his moves, but it wasn't like overt and obvious. It was very subtle. Looking back, I can kind of see it, but at the time I didn't really notice. Um, but then once we were like officially together, I was definitely more the aggressor. <laughs> I guess Talk a little say. bit more about that. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Like, once we were, like, officially together, I was like, why don't you come over? Let's hang out. Let's do this. Let's go to the beach for the weekend. Like, I wanted to be with him all the time. And I was always like, I'll come pick you up. I'll I'll drop you off at home. I'll take you. Like, I was on. I wanted to do all those things. Okay. I think because I noticed, like, he was a really good guy. Mm-hmm. Deep down inside. No. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw the potential in him. I don't know how to explain it because he's very, very different than any other guy I've ever dated. Like, very different. Yeah. And so, I don't know, something about him just, it was different and so it was intriguing. And so, I did, I wanted to, like, do stuff for him. He never asked. He never expected. I just wanted to. That's so cute. (laughs) That's awesome. That's that's really interesting how that works. Cool. (laughs) Yeah. 
it's not like that. Okay. He never asks me to do like he doesn't ask me to cook. He doesn't ask me to do anything. I just want to do stuff for him and the kids, of course. But like I'll bring him dinner and breakfast. Not every day, but a lot of times. Most yeah. days. Yeah. <laughs> but he never asks for it. I mean, he's always appreciative, but he's never was like, "Woman, bring me some food." <laughs> not fair. <laughs> you would have had to backhand him if he asked you like that. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, so back to the whole type thing. So you said he wasn't he wasn't your natural type. So what were you guys' type when you guys were before you were married? Uh, that's a that's a tough one. Um, I think I was just. If you're uh, physically, I think I was more attracted to redheads. Um, and uh, I don't know. I just, I, I guess I, I, I had uh, an interest. I don't necessarily had a type when it came to the physical image. I just kind of like like red because it was just my favorite color. So it kind of like just drew me in. Um, but when it came to personality, it just, I like conversations. Like it had to be somebody that could hold the conversation. Um, and even if they weren't like as talkative as I am, I mean, you know me, so I, I, I tend to ramble on, so I'm gonna try to keep that in check for this, <laughs> but, um, uh, but just at least somebody who could engage, somebody who could meet my, uh, intellectual level, uh, be able to not just go, oh, I see, I see as you're talking to them, but actually put into the conversation. And, um, he got, he got more than he bargained for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Someone that not just matches me, but competes with me. Um, yeah, mm. so, um, I don't know. I think I was just open to really just being loved, appreciated, and just liked. So I didn't really have an expectation for who it would come from or the type of person it needed to be, just a person who had those qualities. I think that's just what I was keeping my mind open for and uh, looking out for. I definitely had a type. I wasn't Physically, it. like. Oh, <laughs> all of my boyfriends were like kind of tall, um, bigger. They weren't fat, but they weren't like skinny. It was like regular. I don't know how to explain it. Just mm -hmm. bigger. I usually dated like a football player type dudes. They're big, and they were black, and they were like, <laughs> like that's just what I always dated. Although I always was attracted to Hispanic boys, like always. When I was in like fourth grade, I remember telling my mother I was gonna marry a Spanish guy so my kids could have pretty hair. Wow. <laughs> you like, prophesied over kids that. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. She reminds me of that all the time. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> but I've always been attracted to Hispanic guys and just the Hispanic culture in general. I just never actually dated a Hispanic guy. Hmm. Okay. But the other thing is, Brian is black on the inside, so, <laughs> like, he's the one who likes hip-hop music a lot. Like, he's totally into hip-hop and basketball, like, all the stereotypical, what you would say, black stuff. And I'm the one who's, like, Hispanic on the inside. Like, I like Hispanic music and Latin food and want to speak Spanish and teach my kids Spanish and all that, which is very interesting that we ended up together. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's crazy. My color's on the inside. <laughs> and, and so, who's the little baby that you have with you? Uh, this is Gabriel. He's our fourth and final baby. Ooh, and he, hi, Gabriel. Has three girls. He's our final boy. He's our only boy. So we're like for real, for real, done, done, done. <laughs> you tied the shot. <laughs> he loved so much with three older sisters. <laughs> He's gonna make a good husband one day. <laughs> He's gonna have to deal with uh, crazy individuals. <laughs> so you said earlier that you just do things out of love and affection. Um, and I was wondering if you guys could talk a little bit more about the gender roles in your marriage, if there are any. Um, we've actually had this discussion multiple times uh, between us. We, we believe that there are certain gender roles that uh, should be held by the other, but not because this is just a woman's role, you need to stay in your lane. It's more of, it's just certain things that we believe that a woman can do that a man can't, and that what a, yeah, and then what a man, wait, do I say And then the opposite, um, so, um, 
like I believe that a man is born stronger for a reason to be the protector, uh, to handle a lot of the uh, just heavier lifting of the situation. Um, and I believe that a woman has a softer touch for a reason. Um, uh, watching her raise the kids, like in certain situations, I'm ready to just be like, what are y'all doing? And she's like, wait, wait, let's just think about the situation and let's let's look at it from the kid's perspective. And I'm like, oh yeah, if it weren't for you, I probably wouldn't have thought of it like that. Like, I believe that there's certain things that she can do that I just can't do. And I, I think that's the way it should be. 50-50 uh, is just uh, not realistic. Like, it's just not. Sometimes it's mm -hmm. like 60-40. Sometimes it's 100-100. Sometimes it's, you know, 80-20. It just depends on... <laughs> yes. Yeah, sometimes it'd be like that. It'd be like 100-100. <laughs> um, it just depends on the situation. And that's the thing that we've learned, especially from being married for so long like you, you can't um like a lot of the stuff that people tell you it's just so different when you're actually in it like yeah. the ideal of 50 50 like in theory is nice but sometimes you, you just have to meet your partner where they are and be ready to support them where they are mm -hmm. and if they can't meet you halfway you don't just stop halfway and be like oh well sorry for you Mm -hmm. You can go like meet them where they are and so and help them get to where they need to be and then they'll do the same for you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. See, just like that question, she answered them. <laughs> I answered twenty percent, she answered the other eighty. <laughs> <laughs> From my perspective with gender roles, um I personally I appreciate traditional gender roles. Like I like doing those things. Mm -hmm. I don't think a woman has to do those things, but I think mm -hmm. she should be able to have that choice whether she wants to or not, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so I, I like taking care of the house and the kid and not working and just focusing on like managing. And part of that is because I'm a little control freak. So I like being in control <laughs> of like when we eat and what we eat and who goes like, what are we gonna buy from the grocery store? And what are the kids gonna play with today? And what are they gonna wear? Like I like to do that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but also it's a lot of, Honestly, it's like biblically, biblically based as well. You know, God made a husband and a wife for specific purposes. Like a man has a specific role for the family and a wife, a woman has a specific role for the family. So a lot of our agreement on the gender roles comes from, um, it's biblically, biblically based. That's awesome. Yeah, that I know. Sounds like better than my answer. <laughs> she just she just went into more detail. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, and you said something when you were talking, Nicole. You said that um, people tell you a lot of things for marriage, but a lot of them are different when you're married. What yeah. are some of the things that people told you guys, but it's completely different in marriage besides what you just said? Well, I wouldn't say it's different. It's just like. Like my answer versus her answer, mine was more generic, hers was more detailed. Like they'll say, communicate. It, the communication is essential. Mm -hmm. um, you need to uh, be humble. And it's like, oh, okay, that makes sense. But then they don't tell you how to communicate. Or to the extent at what you need to communicate. Like when right. they say communication is essential, it's like, like I'm mad. It needs to be there. Like, like okay. you can't, if you can't open up and share your feelings and you try to keep them in, it's it's rough. We went through a period of that too, where neither one of us was really talking about what was bothering. We were just kind of like keeping it to ourselves and brushing it, and it blew up. It you know eventually it blows up, and it mm -hmm. did. It blew up, and then we were kind of like forced with, all right, we're gonna talk about this now. Mm -hmm. And then once we talked it out, and then ever since then, that was like a few years ago. Yeah. Ever since then, it's been way way better once you like really hashed it out, and you can't be afraid to have like the tough conversation this is your life partner if you can't tell them yeah. like you can't you, you need to be able to trust that person with everything right even if it makes you feel uncomfortable you just got to open up and just say what you're feeling because they're they can assume to know what you're going through but they'll never know 100 percent of what's going through your mind until you open your mouth and express how you feel um and the other part is you can't assume that the other person's gonna receive what you're gonna say in a certain way. You have to trust that when you say it, that they're gonna hear you and listen to you and really take it into uh, take into account what you're really feeling and going through and not just like have an answer ready for you, but receive it and then walk you walk with you uh, through the uh, whatever it is. And that's happened so many times too, where like I I assume that he's like annoyed at me with something and. <laughs> And so I get my feelings about it. I'm like, well, he shouldn't be mad at me for this. This is all in my head. 
he shouldn't be mad at me for this because I did this, blah, blah, and he did this. And then, like, he'll talk to me about it later, and that's not even the case. Like, he wasn't upset about anything. It was something completely different. I'm like, oh, well, dang. <laughs> that, was, that was my bad. Or vice versa. Or I'll be upset about something and be like, well, I don't want to tell him because then he's going to say this and this. And, and then I finally tell him and he's not, like, he's not upset about it. So it's really true what he said about not assuming. That's really hard to do. I personally am still working on that. <laughs> But it's definitely essential, and I've noticed it, it makes a big difference in a positive way when you do take away that assumption and just open your mouth. Mm -hmm. mm. That's true. That's really good. What's the most rewarding part about your guys' marriage? You can go first. Ooh. I want to know what you're going to say. I'm curious. <laughs> She's <laughs> testing you right now. <laughs> you better pass it. <laughs> one because there are a lot of I guess it just depends on ah, stuff I'll go then one of the things that I find most rewarding about our marriage I guess you could say it's rewarding um like we know we're not going anywhere like we just that's so comforting you just know no matter what no matter what happens worst possible case scenario we're not going anywhere and that's, I don't know if you can say it's rewarding, but it's definitely comforting because a lot of times you can get in your head about, oh my gosh, if I do this or say this or act this way, then, you know, some people, I have never, thankfully, have been had to feel that way, but some people might be like, oh, he's going to leave me, so I'm going to have to stay in this lane. But I, like, never have to feel that. Like, I know he ain't going nowhere. Aside from the fact that we got four kids, I just know he's not going anywhere, and neither am I because we both take marriage very seriously. Like, that's... Like we made that commitment to each other and before the Lord and that is that is it. So that's extremely comforting and it just I don't know. The best word I can say is it's comforting to know that your partner is not going anywhere no matter what. They'll always be there for you and with you. Well, I wanna first start by saying the reason it's difficult for me to answer is because I I've come have a weird way of thinking, abstract. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking about the rewarding aspect of marriage was for my kids or for myself. Um, and the reason I say that is because I couldn't raise these kids on my own at all. I would be lost. I, I don't even think half of them would be dressed half the time. They'd be naked babies running all over the place. Um, like, so, I was, and so the reason I was having a hard time answering is I wasn't sure if it was more for me or more for what she does for the family as a whole, because legitimately I could not, do this parenting thing without her. So she definitely brings a softer touch, a more organized uh, way of thinking. And uh, she definitely uh, takes care of that thing that I just couldn't do. Goes back to one of the first questions we asked, which is the roles. And that's one role that she does that I just cannot, cannot. I mean, obviously I can change diapers, I can make dinner, but I couldn't do that consecutively every single day. I go crazy. I'm like, nah, pizza every day. Let's just order. <laughs> Let's go. So, yeah. Um, so I guess that's the rewarding part of it, just knowing that I don't have to worry about certain things because I know that she has me. She's okay. got to take care of my heart. Yeah. That's awesome. Look at you, Miss Nicole. <laughs> without you. <laughs> that's awesome. And when did you guys know that you were ready to get married? Woo! <laughs> I don't know. Uh, well, I guess as much as I love to give the uh, the sugar sweet answer that every you know Miss America type answer, um, I think we honestly jumped into it way too soon. I don't think we were ready. We knew we wanted to get married. Yeah, that's saying we were ready to get married when we did. I was twenty-two. Yeah, she was, was 25. twenty-five. Yeah, it's because. And I realize now uh, the reason we weren't ready was because of the fact that we didn't have the understanding of what communication meant, how to be humble, how to um, uh, have expressed the expectations you have of the other person that you're going to be with instead of just expecting the expectations and, and uh, putting that on, um, imposing it on them without ever expressing what you wanted from the relationship. Like there was, those were certain things that we had to hash out after we were married, which was what made us go through that rut. But, uh, you know, definitely if we would have 
figure that out sooner, I think that would have helped the process out. Maybe we probably would have waited like another two, three years. But I will say, I am glad we got married earlier because I knew I wanted four kids. So <laughs> had we waited like forever, then we'd have to be like 40 having kids. I'm not trying to do all that. <laughs> but I, like we knew we wanted to marry each other like pretty quickly. I think we only dated for like nine months and we already knew we wanted to be married. Mm -hmm. And then we were engaged for like another six months and then we got married. So we probably could have stayed engaged a little bit longer, but I mean, we, we knew we wanted to be married to each other early, pretty early on. Okay. Um, so what do you guys think of dating and marriage today? You know, I think it's a, a little different. I know you commented on um, our last podcast, Brian, a little bit about Yep. how men are today um what do you what do you guys think about that i think that uh things are a little confusing right now um i think that women have become more of the aggressor uh, from the jump um and i think men are now waiting for women to make the first move um and i gotta be honest i mean if that's what you're okay with that's your standard i can't speak on that or against that if that's what you're with then that's what you're with um and you're okay with i mean uh but i personally believe that it's just confusing it's really confusing uh nobody knows what their role is the expectation for this person to do this versus that and no you do it and they're like no you do it and it's like it's just without set roles i just feel like everything is just like throwing this way way back all hibbledy pibbledy um <laughs> So it's, it's, it's weird. It's confusing. I'm, I'm glad I got it out of the way and I'm done. No offense. Um, <laughs> yeah. What about you, Miss Nicole? Um, I think that uh, I agree with it's, it's a little jumbled, like, mm -hmm. um, with the rise in quote unquote feminism. Um, cause that's a very broad yeah. genre of people can be like from one extreme to the other feminism but i mean i definitely think there's a place for a woman to be assertive and strong and stand her ground um, but i also think that women need to understand that there's also a place for us to step back and be supportive and let the man lead and part of part of the the um the tricky part i guess you could say of picking the right like life partner is you have to really trust that person like you have to be able to trust them. So even if you don't agree with their decision, as like a, as a wife, you need to be able. Like I would trust him, even if I don't agree with what he's gonna do. I need to trust that he has the best interest of the family. Like when it comes to like big family decisions, a lot of times I don't agree because I'm very strong-willed and I got my own opinions, and that's just how I roll. But I have learned that you know I'm not the head of the family. God put the man in charge of the family, so. Thank the Lord I married someone who's who loves the Lord and who reads his Bible and follows the Lord because otherwise I wouldn't trust him. I'm like, I don't know what you're thinking. But because I know he follows the Lord, I just say my prayer. I'm like, all right, Lord, this your dude. I'm just going to go with it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you got me. So like, I think that, and I don't know if that's the case now. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that people look for those types of qualities anymore and like a lot of people are the you know love who you want to love and yes you should love who you want to love but you got to make sure that you guys agree on the very key aspects like you got to make sure that you <laughs> sorry she's, sorry she said, she said something that just like dawned on me uh i think one of the biggest aspects is that what makes it confusing is that people misdefine what love is mm -hmm. uh a lot of times people define love and associate it with emotion but emotion is emotion for a reason. It's, changes. It changes. If you're going to make love and emotion, you know, that means it can both be positive and negative. You know, it's, it's whatever you're feeling. And so I feel like having love being something that's so fickle is what's dangerous. Because that's why people fall out of love because they're not really falling out of love. They're maybe exiting the infatuation stage. Now they're getting into the real uh, meat and potatoes of a relationship. And they're like, oh, this, this is not what I wanted. And it's like, you know, so the so the expectation of what love is is what I think is really throwing things off. Like we start changing it from an emotion to an action, it being a choice to love somebody. Um, that changes it because now you're choosing to be with this person regardless of 
what they're going through, what they might be dealing with, maybe, how you feel. or how you feel about them. Because I mean, they're real talk. Their days I don't like her. Yep. Their days, and I know their days that she doesn't like me. You know, her nerves. You know, I'm a weirdo, so she'll like be like, "What the heck are you doing? Or talking about? You're going off in your tangents and rambling." And and I'm saucy, so I'm sure that. (laughs) So it's like, so that goes beyond just how you feel about somebody. That that's a choice. Like I chose to love her for highs and lows and agreements, disagreements, good, bad, whatever it is. Like I I chose her, so that means I chose everything about her. I think um, there's a show that I love to watch. It's called Married at First Sight. And basically the premise is they, they don't, the, the experts match them on compatibility mm-hmm. on all these different levels. And the experts take it really seriously and they put these couples together and then the couples decide if they're going to stay married after being together for like six weeks or something. And I know most people probably think that's really crazy, but I think that's a good idea because... <laughs> Like, people are, in general, like, we're very visual people. So, like, especially when I was younger. Like, if I saw somebody and I was like, you're not cute. I'm not going to give you the time of day. Point blank, period. Don't talk to me. And he could have been like, such a great guy. I would never know because I didn't want to talk to you. You got busted shoes on. Your haircut's looking crazy. I don't want to talk to you. But that show takes all that away. And, like, you've already made the commitment to be married. So now you just have to make the choice. Like, Brian said, you have to make that choice every day to like want to stay married to love that person to grow in love with that person and like mm-hmm. arranged marriages have been a thing around the world forever yeah and I know it doesn't always work and i can see where it could be kind of weird but in the right circumstances i'm like that's not a bad idea for some people like if you start with the commitment and then like then work your way you were matched for a reason and that's mm-hmm. just not to say you just marry some random person at first sight but marry someone who's compatible with you. I think the compatibility part, um, that makes a big difference. Like you gotta get to really get to know the person and if they're compatible. And I don't know if kids no offense, I'm calling y'all kids. I don't know if kids kids these days um take the time to get into the compatibility of the important stuff, like really important stuff. Like do you want kids? Do you not want kids? How do you want to raise your kids? Um mm-hmm. Like, talk about important questions about, I don't know, just, I can't even think of any important topics, but we've talked about them a lot. And the main thing is because, and I, I've said this before to some of my friends, because we're both Christians, that has made the biggest difference, I feel like. Like, I don't think, A, we probably wouldn't still be married if we both were Christians. Uh, B, we wouldn't agree on a lot of things if we both were Christians because that's mm-hmm. the that is like the baseline for all the choices we make for our family, for our kids, for our finances, for like whatever. That's the baseline, so that helps anchor us in a lot of different areas mm-hmm. that maybe we we didn't talk about when we were dating because we were naive and got married really fast. But we were both Christians then, so I think that I don't know that just to me that makes a really that has made like the biggest difference. Yeah. yeah. Not to say I mean, that physical appearance isn't important because you do have to be attracted to the person you're with. Yeah. But it sh- I personally believe it should not be at the top of the list. That should be yeah. the thing that draws you in, kind of like the bait that draws you in, but it should be the substance which keeps you. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah, I mean, that's why the Bible talks about us being, you know, equally yoked and things because... I mean, we're not, if you date a a, a non-believer, you're going to raise your children in completely different ways than a Christian would, so. Decisions um, you make are just, like, you make your decisions based on our faith. Like, that's what we make our decisions based on. If we disagree on all these other things, we always know we we can go back to the Bible and be like, okay, this is really what we need to do. Yeah. You can disagree on the details, but if you know that, like, the the base is, this is what the baseline is, then... I don't know. That helps a yeah. lot. Yeah. That's they also good. have to keep you in check because there are times where I'm like, well, we should do this. And she's like, would Jesus do that? <laughs> Fine, <laughs> won't do it. Yes. Keep him in check. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, hold on. So you made a comment earlier and I just wanted to clarify it. Um, so, or ask a question, a clarifying question for it. You said people should be able to love whoever they want to love. What did you mean by that? I mean, I understand where, why people say that. Mm -hmm. Um, but regardless of your, 
regardless of who you choose to love based on your beliefs or whatever, um, you need to make sure that whoever you're with is, like you said, is equally yoked. My personal opinion aside, whoever whoever's going to get married, they need to be, if they want to stay married, I feel like that they, those, there are certain things that need, that you guys need to agree upon mm-hmm. and that needs to be talked about and discussed and make sure that those foundational things are, you guys gotcha. understand page on those things mm-hmm. okay what i okay. put my personal opinion in there <laughs> hey this is a christian podcast this is and- christian <laughs> listen we support the bible everything in it we don't play okay we believe in the bible <laughs> yeah the, the bible says the man and the woman yeah unequally yoked and i know that's a, that could be a debate too but i i personally i feel like that means your faith needs to be the same, same because yeah. mm-hmm. that is a big area, especially if you're going to have kids. Like that's, that's a big deal. If you're married to someone who's Hindi and you're a Christian, like how are you going to raise your kids knowing what the Bible says and you're going to just let your kids believe in all these other things? Like that's not yeah. what the Bible like it, And it's going to cause a rift in your relationship. So like you need to be matched in that way. That's, that's what I think. That's what I think yeah. that means. I don't think yeah. it means like you both need to be billionaires or you both need to be poor or you both need to be black or you both need to be white. Mm-hmm. But I do think it means you need to have the same core foundations and beliefs. Yeah. Also, yeah. it requires you to not necessarily be on the same like strength when it comes to how deep you are in your faith, but I think you need to be close to it because a baby Christian is still very susceptible and vulnerable to the influences of the world because they have yet to really be founded in find their uh their footing and in, inside of the christian world um you know they're still learning to transition from the world to christianity and so even then i would say you need to be careful because that could potentially cause you to slip back into old ways or into new ways that are not godlike mm-hmm. christ-like so uh yeah yeah that's good and then so uh we talked about this question on our last podcast with our um men guests but we asked so i've heard a lot that, that in marriages um people have the question of are your is your spouse more important or are your kids more important in the sense of which one um like which one do you put first your spouse or your children uh, well the bible says that your spouse comes first yeah and i i agree with that however I, I agree with that in theory. Like, I in my mind, and I try to, like, live that out, but on a day-to-day life, there are times where, like, he or I have to be like, okay, you didn't have to wait because we got all these kids screaming, and he and I can't have our time because this one's screaming over here, so I got to go get that one, and he has to go get this one, and then we got to feed those, and then there's, there's days where we don't really get to sit down and talk, like, days where we don't get to sit down and talk. But we both, I think that we both agree that we want to put each other first. And I think that's, yeah. that's kind of the key. Like, if you have the intention and you know that that's the intention, like, I want to do something with you. I want to spend time with you. But in this, on this day or in this, these couple weeks, it's crazy and we're going to have to wait. Yeah. So, so follow me on this one. <laughs> us choosing to have children was actually us putting each other first. We came mm-hmm. together to make that decision. So us raising children isn't necessarily us putting them first because we already made the decision together to put each other first and that our desire was to have the children. So us raising them isn't necessarily putting them above us. It's putting the decision that we made for each other above. And that's how we're raising the kids up. Mm-hmm. Did that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know that was a weird abstract way of thinking, but it's like... Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. You other them. men, other men will probably understand. All right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also like yes, that's what I thought. <laughs> I do think it's important for the kids to see us like being together because yeah. I always think of like how, who do I want my girls to marry? Like how, what kind of relationship do I want them to have? And like my mom and dad were divorced, so I never saw them together. Or they divorced when I was twelve. So when I did see them together, they were fighting all the time. <laughs> and and I remember that, and I don't want that, like, yeah. and so I don't want that to be a memory of them. But I, I want them to see us together, 
like hugging and stuff, even though they say ill when we kiss, but they secretly <laughs> really, like, like um, but I also want them to see that we do, like, we can argue and it's okay. We still love each other. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I'm still here. I want them to be able to see both sides of that because I don't want them to grow up and have this dis- disillusioned idea about marriage either. We're like, oh, my parents were always so happy all the time. So I need to be with somebody that I'm always happy with because that's not mm-hmm. true. Yeah. Or vice versa. Like, my parents are fighting all the time. So maybe fighting is what I need to be. Like, that's normal. Like, I don't want them to have either of those. Yeah, and also we have to remember that uh, it's priori- it's prioritizing. Uh, right now they're in a place where they need to be taken care of. So at this age, they you know not going to expect a two year old to change her own diaper. I mean that's just unrealistic. Um, you know we ha- we made like I said we made this decision. We came together. We created these children, and we are taking care of them. That's priority. As they get older, the priority will shift from them back to us gradually into a point where they're off in college or getting married themselves, doing their own thing. And then the priority will then be us again. Mm-hmm. We had priority before we had children, then we have to prioritize the children. And again, as they get older, priority shifts back to us. So. And I think that can, I mean, like I was so. saying, the two of us putting each other before the kids can look very, it looks very different depending on the age of your kids. So do you hear them yelling in the background? <laughs> yeah, I hear them. <laughs> I hear them. <laughs> so like you were saying, like right now, us putting each other first is just going to look like, here, give me a kiss real quick. Or, you know, he walks by and pops me on the butt or something. Like, <laughs> that, that's all we can do right now. We don't have, like, we don't have time to go out on dates. We don't have, like, we just can't do that right now. And then as they get older and we have, and they're more independent than us putting each other first, we'll look more like it used to, or we would take our, we would go out just the two of us and do stuff. Yeah. But I think it's just, I think it's, it goes back to the expectations. Like you have to have realistic expectations. And yes, you should put your spouse first and like check in with them. How, how are you feeling? Like, how are you doing? That kind of thing. Um, just to know where they are and, and keep the communication open. And know that in some seasons of life, putting your spouse first is like little things. In some seasons of life, putting your spouse first is bigger things. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I heard you say that your parents were divorced. Were both of your guys' parents divorced or did they? Both. Yeah, at different times so. though. Mine, mine was confusing. Uh, they got married when I, before I was born or right after I was born. Mm-hmm. But then they separated, and then they ended up not getting divorced officially until I was like 16 or 12 or something like that. I don't really remember those details. Hmm. And did um, that? Huh? I was just going to say, did that, did the both of your parents being divorced affect how you guys saw marriage? Um, my, well, I guess I didn't think about it in terms of marriage. I thought of it more in terms of, well, I didn't think about it affected marriage. What it did, it just affected me uh, mm-hmm. as an individual. Like once I realized, I was mad at my dad because of I felt he abandoned my mom. So it put a, a, an emotional wall up. I didn't let anybody in. I didn't let anybody. So no one could hurt me. Nobody could affect me. Like whatever you did that you thought might hurt me, or if anybody did anything that potentially would hurt me, it just didn't. It hit a wall, bounced off, and I just kept moving. I didn't let any emotion in. I didn't let any emotion out. Um, so it definitely took a toll on me. Um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was something that took a long time to break down. And I think that's one of the things that frustrated Nicole was because she would like, she would do something, it would make me mad. And then because, you know, I was trusting to let, I was, you know, I was letting her in. And in that process, she would do something that I didn't like. Um, it would cause me to shut down again and remember like, oh, I felt something. I didn't like it. So it walls back up. And I would distance myself from her for like anywhere from four hours to like two days. It was ridiculous. It was. I admit, it was. It was. <laughs> But there was something inside of me that she didn't understand and I didn't really know how to explain because I still hadn't really come to terms with what I was feeling inside of the time. Even though this had happened like seven, eight, whatever amount of years, like over 10 years prior to yeah. me meeting her, um, it still was something I didn't never coped with. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's Ten. crazy. How my, parents, um, my parents were fighting all the time. So I was actually happy to see them get divorced. <laughs> I'm like, can y'all just like split up, you know? Getting a little bit crazy. They just were fighting all the time about dumb stuff. So 
I wanted cheddar cheese, not Swiss. (laughs) (laughs) But I always wanted to be married and I always wanted to be a mom. That never, that never changed. I just knew what I didn't want in a marriage. Like I knew what I didn't want my marriage to look like. And yeah, I think that's what, that's what I learned from my parents' relationship and then getting divorced was like, okay, well, I don't want that. So I'm going to try to do the opposite. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Although I still am very much like my mom and my dad, which is kind of ironic. (laughs) Actually, he's a lot like my dad, which is really ironic. Like all the goofiness I remember from my dad, how he was goofy and playful with me and my, um, my sister and my brother. She's like my mom. and they, like, he he never met my dad before. Like, I didn't talk about him very much. It is so mm-hmm. ironic that I still married someone who's very similar to my dad. Wow. I mean, that's what people say. They say that you look for people that are like your parents. Which I know. Is, yeah. I didn't look. It just happened. <laughs> right? I would never have thought, because I was mad at my dad, too, for a long time. So I would never have thought that I would want to marry someone like him, but he actually has like a lot of the qualities, the good qualities I remember from my dad. He has mm-hmm. a lot of which is really wow. great. And he says I'm like his mom. I don't, I don't see it. She says it to be a little insulting and. No. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, we have a few more questions for you and then you guys can get back to your kitties. But um, what would you guys say the one, if you guys could give us like one most important part of marriage from both of you, what would you guys say is the most important part for yourself? Like a tip? Yes. Well, kind of. (laughs) That's the next question. Or from our perspective, each individual perspective? Individually, yep. I, as cliche as it sounds, communication. Can you elaborate? Um, I will. Uh, communi- <laughs> communication, um, it's more than just opening your mouth and letting words flow out of it. Um, it's expressing what you have inside, what you feel emotional, uh, emotionally, um, what you're thinking mentally. Um, and because, and, I mean, we know ourselves better than anybody else because we live with ourselves 24-7. So um, it's easy for us to understand what we're feeling or cope with it or deal with it. However, we, whatever our coping mechanisms might be, we know how to handle ourselves better than anybody else. But when you have committed to be with somebody, you have to let them in. You have to try your best to express what's going on inside of you because they can't see inside of you. They can't see your thoughts like you can. They can't feel what you feel like you can. Um, so you have to do your best to communicate that. You know, like she mentioned earlier, uh, sometimes she felt like I was annoyed with her. But it had nothing to do with her. Um, uh, just being honest, I actually deal with uh, some depression. So mm. sometimes it'll just kind of like creep in and all of a sudden I'll notice that I need to distance myself. I don't, I don't want to talk. Uh, you know, sometimes I get frustrated with too much noise because something inside is saying, you want to be alone. But, you know, I got kids, I got a dog, a wife, my mom this year. So clearly alone time isn't necessarily a luxury I can afford or yeah. get. Um, and so it's my duty to let her know when I'm starting to feel this inside or when something's starting to take hold of me, let her know that I'm feeling this because otherwise she's just thinking that I'm being distant or I just don't want to do responsibilities or I don't want to deal with my kids. And in reality, it's just something totally different, but she wouldn't know that unless I open my mouth and say that. Yeah. Communication. Like it's, it's more, like I said, it's more than just letting words flow out. It's expressing what you have inside. Yeah. That's really good. I agree. Um, but also I think um, forgiveness slash humility. And that's how, for someone with my type of personality, like very strong type A personality, humility is really hard because I feel like I'm often right. I mean, I, I, I honestly believe I'm right like 90, 95% of the time, but I have to have this I have this conversation in my head, like, okay, do I need to be right? Or do I need to like kind of make the peace? Um, and I think that I'm still really working on that. Like I said, I do think I'm right a lot of the time. However, sometimes it's not as important <laughs> to be right. <laughs> like I just, if it's not a big deal, I just need to let it go. I'm gonna be right all the time about everything. Yeah. So humility and forgiveness and forgiving yourself and your, your spouse. Mm-hmm. 
Um, because you can't like stuff that I've done to annoy him and vice versa. I can't like keep being mad about it three days later. Like I need to let it go, even though it might keep happening every day for the next three days. I still have to each time forgive it <laughs> and move on. And I think I'm pretty good with the forgiveness. Like I, I get over stuff really quickly. It's that humility piece that I'm still working on. But I do think it is important. <laughs> I know it's important, so I'm gonna keep working on it. But forgiveness, really, I think. Yeah. So forgiveness, humility, and communication. Mm -hmm. Okay. And cool. What additional advice would you have for people who are thinking about getting married? <laughs> I would say just be realistic. Like, just understand and know that as happy as you are now, you're going to be that sad. Like, it just happens. That's life. <laughs> and as much as you like that person today, that's how much you're going to not like them <laughs> another time. Mm -hmm. and I just need to go in there prepared for that because I think when you're not prepared for that, that's when relationships end because you're not prepared. You're like, oh, I thought I was supposed to like this person all the time and everything's going to be happy. And something rocks you guys when you're over. So I think if you already know that it's going to, uh, like, you're going to have ups and downs and even maybe talk about, like, well, how do you deal with it when you're frustrated? Like, how do you respond to frustration? Mm -hmm. Just being prepared for the down so that way you can tackle it together or support that person if they're down and you're not as down. Yeah. Um, mine ties back into uh, communication. Um, express your expectations of the individual. What do you want them to provide and, be pro and to be provided for you, um, whether it be financially, emotionally, uh, intimacy? Um, it's, it's knowing what the other person wants before you go into it because if they're expecting something that you are just not comfortable with or don't want to commit to, then maybe this relationship is not for you. Mm -hmm. um, everybody has their wants, everybody has their needs, and but not everybody can provide what's necessary for those wants and needs. So if you cannot provide it or you don't feel comfortable providing it or the person can't provide it for you, then you need to move on. Um, you know, relationships are more than just emotional attachments. They are commitments. They are just like she said there is just it's about knowing that you're going to go through some storms like you have to be realistic and you have to be willing to understand that about yourself what you want and what you want yeah. also i just thought of something else and just left my mind oh my gosh long brain hold on no, it was a good one, one. <laughs> yeah y'all are giving us some good stuff today <laughs> yeah. oh man it's i just thought of it twice well if you remember tell us and we will add it <laughs> yeah <in the> description. <laughs> <laughs> but you guys gave us a lot of good advice today like i mean i feel like we didn't even really say much because we were just taking everything in so thank you guys that was i remembered you remember, yay! I was hoping um, that so I talked you would remember. <laughs> I, re I, I think it's important also to love, love as in choosing to love that person where they are then. Like, mm -hmm. not necessarily falling in love and wanting to be with the potential of that person because they may or may not get there. You mm -hmm. have to be okay, like, can you, how this person is right now can you live with him or her like that forever? How they are right now. If they never grow up, can you live with that? Mm. I mean, obviously you want to grow and you want to help each other grow, but like you never know what if they, they just don't happen. Like you need to be okay with the person as they are right then. I think mm. that's important. And that's like if they end up being a plumber the rest of their life <laughs> and that's all they ever amount to. Are you okay with that being the pinnacle of their success in the business world? You know? Yeah. Uh, and on the flip side also, um, it's, are you okay, not just with, are you okay with loving them where they're at, but do you, if, when you go into this relationship, are, do you love them enough to want to change for them? Yes. Um, you know, you, the expectation of them changing, um, you also have to look at yourself, are you willing to change for them as well? Um, and again, that gets deeper, like, what are you willing to change? What are you not willing to change? What do, 
you know, because at the end of the day, you you have to compliment each other, whether, um, and it has to be by choice, honestly. It's not just accidentally going to happen. You know, you're not going to throw a bunch of materials up in the air during a tornado and expect a Corvette to end up on the other end. You know, you have to put the work into what you want and how you're going to be compatible. Sometimes I have to take a step back for her to take a step forward uh, and vice versa. Sometimes, you know, she, we both need to be still and just not make a move, you know, and just kind of like stay where we're at currently because maybe there's more development we need to do in that area. Maybe we're staying in an area too long. We both need to move forward uh, to progress. You know, there's, it's a choice uh, to commit to the other person to compliment them as best as you can. And uh, I think that's the other side of that. Once yeah. You made. Because you really, I mean, you can't, and I think this is a woman thing for women. I'll, like, we want to fix things. Yeah. Usually, like, we want to, like, if there's a problem, like, we're right, like, we need to find a solution to solve that problem. Um, and that and that includes like our significant others. Like if we <laughs> like are probably like, okay, so how can I make you better? Like how can I make you better? <laughs> But really realistically you can't change somebody. It doesn't matter how hard you try what you do, you can't change them. So you have to you have to be okay with if they if they don't want to change or if they aren't changing, you're gonna be okay with how they are right now. With the hope that they will change on their own as you guys grow together, but still keep in your mind if they don't can you live with this person for the rest of your life as they are? and can they live with you like that goes with ways cool yeah. awesome well thank you guys this is thank this is going to be a good one i hope people like learn from this because i learned a lot i took notes actually hey <laughs> <laughs> <Nice. laughs> but um That's that we're giving marriage advice i know it's weird <laughs> it's always it always look it's always different from you know outside looking in people are like oh you guys are always so happy and i'm like oh you didn't know that argument that we right? had this morning <laughs> that dirty lotion gave me because my underwear hit the floor instead of the hamper <laughs> um, you know so there's just yeah but yeah I'm, i hope i hope this can actually feed into someone's soul and make them think about something before they commit marriage not to think that marriage is just something you do just for the sake of it it's not a fad it's not you know a hashtag it's it, it's, it's real life and it's something that is going to come with its pros. It's going to come with its cons. You have to be uh, ready to weather that storm. Yeah. And also enjoy the sunshine when it comes. Don't be so focused on the storm that you neglect the sun that comes after. Yeah. Mm. It makes the sun so much better that once you've made it through. <laughs> 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 Hello. <laughs> Yay. Okay, well, anything Thanks else, Rena? No, I think that was it. This was really good. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Absolutely. Bye, guys. Thank Bye. you. Later. <laughs>